0: Welcome to Comadresy Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book
1: industry as creators, characters, and fans.
2: Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 136. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hello girls, welcome back. Hey. We're back in the studio. Yes. 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 It's yeah. so pretty here. I love it. <laughs> um, so we were just recently talking about haircuts. Any horror stories about haircuts,
1: Kristen? <laughs> horror stories? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, ah. that's funny. Not the last haircut. I've actually been to a hair, a real haircut. And when I say real haircut, I mean I went to supercuts. Um <laughs> since last year but last year i did the brad mondo special on myself i did the section first of all i can watch brad mondo for hours if you don't know who (laughs) brad mondo is check him out on youtube he's this like platinum blonde spiked haired um stylist who just has a personality that is so big um but he just uh, a lot of times he'll um just do reaction videos where oh, he's yes. watching other people do their own stuff and then just react to it. Yeah. But other times he does like how-tos, and this specific one was how to cut your own hair. So <laughs> I watched that video I don't know how many times, and then I sectioned my hair. I made little little uh, ponytails with uh, rubber bands and made sure they were all the same length. And I actually even went on to Amazon and bought sharp scissors mm-hmm. so that I could didn't have to like try to do it with my kitchen my kitchen scissors. <laughs> They're all rusty. Uh and it actually came out pretty good. So that is the only horror story I have when it comes to like that kind of like beauty thing is when I went to get my eyebrows done and the little lady was like <gasps> And I'm like, that is not a good sound from the woman doing your eyebrows. And she's like, oh, no. I'm like, what happened? And this is what she said. I'm not even lying. Someone, like, did something to your eyebrow. Someone. Someone.
0: Incredible.
1: <laughs> you mean you. That's what I said. I said, you mean you? And she said, oh, someone make a mistake. <laughs> and then they speak in their own language Mm -hmm. and they're coming out and she's saying whatever she's saying Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden all the heads turn to look at me (laughs) and i'm like oh my god i had to use a little eyebrow pencil to fill it in for like for like two weeks (laughs) that's awesome that is super funny
2: what about you jen what's going on with your hair i see you got a haircut
0: I did get a haircut and it's like, I went to a proper hair salon because I was like, I'm going to treat myself because I haven't gotten a haircut in almost like two, three years, maybe. Wow. Like, cause it was a pandemic, but then I was also growing out my hair. Right. Yeah. It. So it might've been like two years. I want to say since I cut my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, But before that, oh my God. Ugh. Like, if you want to talk about horror s- stories. So I like my hair being in capas. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's my style or like, like kind of like short at the front Mm -hmm. and then gets like longer, like
2: layered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So I had gone to a hair salon like a couple years back and I like looked at it, like I looked at myself in the mirror, I gave her my money, I walked out and then I swear to God, I scream. Oh my God. (laughs) And like, I went to my mom and she laughed at me.
2: Damn! And I was
0: like, "Oh my God, I can't believe this. Oh, it no. looked like my dad. That's bad." That <laughs> I, I straight up, I like, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, "Oh my God, I look like my father. I can finally see what people say like me when they say that I look like my dad." Because in that moment, I look like a younger version of my father, and I was just like, "I can't do this. This this can't be my life." So when I got back home, I grabbed that long, like, chunk that she had left in the back, and I grabbed the kitchen scissors, and I, like, cut it. <laughs> and it was all choppy and everything. Oh, but it actually came out gosh. looking okay because because of the short style and how my hair is. It, like, floofed up and, like, kind of, like, crawled in on mm, itself mm-hmm. once it was, like, once it was all gone. And so it looked like a really nice pixie cut.
2: <laughs> oh Like
0: a longish pixie cut afterwards. But that's only after I, like, took like kitchen scissors and yeah. like literally cut off like a whole chunk of my of the back part of my hair because i was like i'm not gonna look like my father <laughs> uh, I, this, this is not how i will be remembered with his hairstyle
2: that's crazy but any,
0: all this to say is that i really like my hairstyle and the lady who did it she was just like when i told her how i wanted it and that i wanted most of the dead put like the really dead parts cut away she's just like she's like oh I got you I got you you're gonna look so pretty at the (laughs) end like yeah you actually yes thank you she also like did my eyebrows because I hadn't done those in forever and I got in a like hair oil treat
1: oh I need one of those
0: yeah because like my hair was so damaged and like dry Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just like oh yeah like Mine too. Like, I like. I paid the money for it. I was just like, I ha- I just. I'm gonna go all in. I wonder if still does that. Or, like, <laughs> I didn't get a manicure or pedicure because I was just like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but everything else, I got.
1: Oh, cool. Well, looks really nice. What about you, Sarah? You're always doing your own hair. Yes. Yeah. Um, I always, often cut
2: my own bangs, which I do not recommend, and I always, <laughs> always, almost always regret it when I after I do it. Um, I oh do my shave the, my own side of my th- my head, mm-hmm. um, but I have always messed it up shaving too much, and then then when I'm in the shower, I got these long strings of hair just <laughs> coming out like chunks because <laughs> I didn't do it right and I shaved too much. So um, so I decided after you know they opened everything, I went to my old hairstylist, which is a, a older Korean lady, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to stay true and you know be. I mean, back her up, you know, like be with her, like don't get anybody else, you know, just, but this time she when she cut my hair and I told her to shave and straighten out the lines because I obviously fucked it up, yeah, she didn't do that, and she left a big, huge chunk of it still long right at the line, so whenever I would comb it, it would stick out just like alfalfa. <laughs> and oh
0: my god the,
2: yes and the reason i didn't go back in for her to you know finish uh to fix it was because i was so hungry that and i had already ordered food so i i had to go pick oh, up the food uh-huh. so then i decided to ghost her um, you ghosted her. i ghosted her <laughs> i'm no longer going to her so then i said you know what um she's far too she relocated to like way into like hawthorne and i'm like oh, it's nowhere near yeah, where i far. go for work so I decided to look for someone close in Compton, um, and I found something like around the the corner from where I live. Oh, cool. Um, And she uh, was, (laughs) this is funny, and I wanted to make a a TikTok about it, but this is a Latina lady, Mexican lady, and she looks at me and she's like, she kind of, kind of winced at my hairstyle (laughs) because, you know, the side of my head is shaved um, and, you know, I have the rest of it long. And so she kind of wins at me and and I go, are you available to cut my hair? And she's like, "Uh, okay. And like, you know, she's really apprehensive, not a very good bedside manner. And I said, okay, basically, I just want, uh, if you could just please clean the lines of, you know, where I have it shaved because I, I," she's like, who did it? And I go, I did it. She's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, she's already freaking judging me, okay? So... I'm like, yeah, just clean it up and, um, and then get más capas. I want more layers. And she's like, oh, okay. And so she's like, so what? how much do you want me to shave off? And I go, the shortest you can. Just shave it off. And she's like, so do you want a one or do a zero? And I go, which one's the shortest one? She's like, zero. zero. And I'm like, let's go zero. And she's like, are you sure? And I go, yeah, man, it's just hair. It'll grow back. So she's doing my hair and she's like, ¿Qué, eres rockera, qué? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, um, maybe, see, sí, no sé. <laughs> dije, yo no voy a co- I don't go to concerts anymore, the pandemic. She's like, oh yeah, she's like, but vas a clubs? And I go, no, because of the pandemic. <laughs> she's like, entonces, por qué te cortas el pelo así? And I, said, I uh, so she's asking me, why did you cut your hair like that? And I go, Ah, it was the pandemic. I was bored. You so should have said. It.
1: And why do you cut your hair like that?
2: <laughs> and I go, yeah. My my husband was like, why does You're she so give crazy. me all these twenty twenty questions? So she's apprehensive. She finally get you know does my hair and everything. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. How much is it? She charged me only twenty bucks, which was great. Oh yeah. So I gave her a five dollar tip. And she and after that she's like, que dios te bendiga, mija. Te cuidas mucho, mija. Regresas, mija. And I but I was like the whole thing like leading up to it was she was apprehensive she was rude she was 20 questions she was she was like oh my god I can't believe you cut your own hair like this what have you done to your you know I was just like but then at the end of it she was just like oh
1: god bless you darling
2: after I gave her the five dollar tip so
1: I'm always in awe of how beautiful your hair looks it's Mm -hmm. just looks so healthy and always just looks vibrant and shiny and i wish my hair looked like that but i i dye my hair like crazy and it just is dry and ugh and i need to get one of those uh oh those treatments those treatments that jen was and i gotta use the aloe that you sent me yeah no that's (laughs) what
2: i was gonna say i use aloe masks and oils sometimes uh coconut oil masks Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes i sleep in it when i'm really tired i just put the cap on it just
1: i should do that but it yeah. just seems like so much work it is it it's is easier to of, complain
0: yeah no yeah.
1: <laughs> it is a lot of work yeah
2: all right guys and now time for chisme de la semana and i got some chisme for you so it turns out that uh Hollywood and all the projects out there are considering only people who are vaccinated. (gasps) So really? Yes, they're really leaning towards that and they have to show proof of them being vaccinated. So um, there's a lot of logistical changes awaiting in the studios and they're working with stars who uh, when they're actually working with stars who haven't gotten vaccinated. And as you guys know. Letitia Wright is not vaccinated. And if you guys are wondering who that is, she is Suri in uh, <laughs> in Black Panther. So, um, you know, she has been in back in London because she did have an injury, but um, they're really trying to figure out how they're going to make this work because uh, she's not vaccinated. She's strongly opposed to the vaccination. And also um, some of the stuff that is going to record... Uh, They're going to film is going to be in Atlanta. um, And so that's going to be a really, really, really um, it's not I'm not sure how they're even going to be able to have her shoot in Atlanta because there is a CDC implemented rules that require all uh, non-immigrant, non-citizen air travels to the U.S. must must be fully vaccinated and have proof of vaccination status before boarding the plane. And Ryder, right, as you guys know, is not a US citizen. And right now, Disney is uh, has declined to comment anything on this. So, uh,
1: this is. Oh, basically my goodness. That's a lot of cheese. Wow. First of all, I had no idea she wasn't vaccinated. Um, and second of all, like, this movie is so uh, anticipated. Yes. And mm-hmm. this is going to mess it up yeah so they're they're not
2: issuing a statement as of yet and i mean right now i mean i thought maybe the whole injury was kind of like um was maybe like like a cover like story. like a cover story mm-hmm. for the whole vaccination issue and stuff but um i don't think so especially now that she's gonna have to, i mean the shooting is happening in atlanta yeah and, uh, who knows how she's gonna get in the country Oh, maybe she has to sneak in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of Mexicans do. <laughs> I mean, imagine oh like and then she sneaks in just to record her um her scenes for um the movie. But that sucks. I mean that really is affecting the whole production of the movie. Does
1: she say or in the article that you read what her opposition was specifically?
2: No, no, no. Mm. No, they ha they don't say anything like that. Um uh, they're trying to film everything they can um, that she where she's not around her yeah, around yeah. her right now. So, yep, that's what's going on. But that that they started doing uh, since uh, she had her injury. But uh, who knows what they're going to do now that she's I mean, you guys remember she was openly really, really against the vaccination. Um, she did a lot of tweets regarding that, how she's anti-vaxxer so who knows what's gonna
1: happen i honestly if you told me this before i forgot all about it and now i'm very annoyed
0: <laughs> yeah huge thing on twitter uh, She just like outed herself and she's also like super uber christian i oh, yes, think yes. i remember
1: speak talking about this before in a Cheeseman segment so yes yeah mm-hmm. it's coming like back when to
2: saw suri and i'm like god oh, she's so cool because I, yeah, I associated her with being suri yeah but she's not that person. I know. Like, And um, she's really open about it. She, Like uh, Jen said, she did a lot of tweets. She's made a lot of comments and stuff like that.
1: And she's definitely an anti-vaxxer. And who knows? I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that they are bringing Okoyo, Okoyo? Okoye, Okoye into taking the mantle instead of Shuri, which if it was Shuri, that would have been more closely aligned with oh, the comics. That's right. But... One of my chismas a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last week, I don't remember, was that it was Okoye that was rumored to rumored to be taking the mantle. Ah, maybe that's why. Yeah, because I mean, it, this is
2: definitely. I making...
0: hadn't heard that. I'm really, I would be really glad if it does. Oh, you
1: know what? It might have been the episode, but you were gone. Uh, <laughs> Could have been. Uh-huh. No, no. You
0: know what? I don't think you
2: talked about it actually. No, at all. No. Okay. So wow, okay. Well that maybe answers that question is because um this whole thing with the vaccination that she's not willing to get, um, is making it very difficult. So mm-hmm. I mean I and who knows? I mean, who knows what do you think they can force her? No, right? Shouldn't it be in her contract? I was gonna say they can
1: make it part of a contract or something like that and it's not necessarily quote unquote forcing she has a choice, but yeah. I mean, it's her job. A lot of other people who have jobs in different industries are um, faced with the same choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, this
2: is, like, really major, though, I think, because now, for instance, of course, she already has her contract. It's already drawn up. Everybody's already signed whatever. But now, wouldn't it be breach of contract if she can't fulfill her duties uh, um by filming, and so therefore, because she's not vaccinated. I don't know. I'm sure the
1: lawyers, the Disney lawyers, uh, have all kinds of workarounds that they're trying to figure out right now. So, (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Well, who knows? I mean, I hope it's still scheduled uh, to
2: come out on time, and who knows how many scenes she should have been in. I don't know, but she's a major character in the movie, and this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg with this whole vaccination and anti-vaxxing thing yep all right guys now it's time for on my radar what is on your radar
1: Kristen? (laughs) so on my radar is this very cool new book that came out this week and it is a book written by now hold on to your your (laughs) chuckles. <laughs> yeah, hold on to your chuckles because this is going to blow your ever loving mind. This is a comic book written by John Leguizamo, people. Yay! Yes. John Leguizamo has written a comic book and it is called I believe, pronounced Phenom X. Uh, it is an image book, and it was released this last Wednesday, which makes it 12, 11, 10, uh, November 10th. And uh, it's funny because the cover actually has a character on it, and you can tell that it was kind of made in his likeness. Yes, yes, so yes, So yes, yes. I'm going to show it like this to, to, uh, to Jen. To Jen. Oh, <laughs> see it.
0: Who is that? John Leguizamo.
1: That's John <laughs> funny because I tell people John Leguizamo, and the young kids are like, "Who?" I have no idea who you're talking about. So John <laughs> yeah, Leguizamo no was <laughs> uh, started his career as a stand-up comedian, and um, okay. I believe was he in one of the the late-night uh, shows? Was he on any of those? I don't know. I feel like he was, but he also um, played. Was it Mercutio? Yes. In, um, Baz <gasps> Luhrmann's uh, oh, um, Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet.
2: Yes. Oh, he was so hot. Yeah. Oh, my
0: <laughs> God. When he
2: got on his knees and then Look, pulled is out this, his guns. I think it's
0: in the contract that Shakespeare wrote up back when he made the play that anybody who plays Mercutio has to be hot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, was it? No, I don't think he was Mercutio. Uh, no. He was... Someone else. Okay, Mercutio was uh, the black guy who was in Lost. Oh, yes, I, I forgot his name though. But yeah. he was he was awesome. Okay, so yes, but anyway, he was the. He was. was, he was also. He Luigi. was her cousin,
1: though, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. Okay.
2: And he was also Luigi in um, the uh, what was it Super Mario Brothers uh, movie. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: things click. Okay, so <laughs> no. John I Leguizamo. Now I cannot picture who you're talking.
2: Okay, about. he wasn't Spawn. He played that clown. Yes, he played. He, he was in played Spawn. it on his knees the whole time. Was filmed while like, he really? was like yes, because he was really short.
1: Oh, I yeah, know that. I
2: remember that because I was like how can you act that all that movie that's crazy yeah, the makeup was crazy he wow. was also in To Wong Fu With Love oh yes
1: I love that movie yes.
2: uh, he was in Chef too, which is a really good movie mm-hmm. I like it the past uh, John Wick he was in John oh, Wick I've
0: never seen John Wick oh
2: he was he's the mechanic that he oh. brought his car to- oh you've never seen John Wick I've never seen John Wick oh, I cannot believe Wait, you he was the mechanic yes oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's also in Ice Age. He's a sloth. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's ah, so funny. He's
0: a sloth from Ice Age.
2: Yeah, he was in Mulan Rouge as well.
1: So he is a big Latino actor who has now um gone into exploring his uh foray of comic book writing. So um he has this book called Phenom X, and the story follows a main character uh, who we find uh, in the beginning who is in uh, prison, and he is uh, he is uh, basically wanting to get out, and or he has like one of his what do they call them, like uh, when you go in front of the board and uh, getting parole, there you go, parole mm-hmm. hearing. And, um, of course, he thinks he's going to get out, and he also is adamant that he did not do what he is in the uh, in prison for. So, of course, they say everyone says that. But anyway, a sh- long story short, basically, um, there are some super-powered people who are kind of running rampant, and the government... Um, is because it's a what an amazing idea they are kind of wanting to create their own quote-unquote super soldier Mm -hmm. um, to Mm -hmm. fight against them and so um, in sciencing it out to figure out who the best, um, candidates for them would be, wouldn't you know it? Latinos have this specific gene makeup that make them a great candidate. But there is a caveat. Um, this, superpower um is kind of amped up by radiation Mm. and so you have to expose the candidates uh who are going to be getting this like serum to radiation well because he's latino he grew up in a poor neighborhood and the neighborhood was close to a dump site where um big companies were dumping the radio radiation stuff, mm-hmm. radioactive stuff, uh, because they didn't care about the Brown people. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, Uh, apparently had a high level of radiation already in his body that he had no idea about. Mm -hmm. Um, So he turns out to be like their number one candidate. Um, And so they go to him. Of course, there's talking back and forth. He just wants to be with his son. Um, So he takes this as an opportunity. There's a lot of other things that I'm uh, passing over because I don't want to give any spoilers. But I have to say that um, the Latinidad that was included in this book, in his character, in just the the sheer st- plot point of Latino neighborhoods being seen as disposable, and these companies not caring at all about dumping their crap into their water source or whatever, just was very well written, very well done, and I Was shocked at how much I liked this book. I was like, John Leguizamo writing a book, like, okay. (laughs) The other day we we saw that Daenerys from King. Game, oh, of Game of Thrones wrote a comic book it's like okay all these create all these uh, actors want to come and write a comic book but this was really good and of course being that we are highlighting Latinx presence in the comic book his, uh, industry um, it is a Latino creator it is a Latino character and there's a lot of Latinidad in this book. This is only number one so uh, and it's uh, published by image so you probably could still pick one up at your LCS. And if not, it's still available to order. But um, definitely, if any of you have any connection to John Leguizamo, we would love to have him on the show. So we're going to see if we could try to make that happen.
2: Yeah, and I uh, wanted to also note that Todd McFarlane
1: did the cover. Yes, not this cover. He did. Um, there's a variant cover. Oh, the variant cover. Yeah, and that he did. So that was that was the one everyone wanted for sure. I don't know why. Tod I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But Todd McFarlane uh, art is is a freaking love letter to the '90s, and it is horrible. <laughs> Um, it was originally announced in the
2: crowdfunding campaign in 2019. The Phenomenex Phenomenex features an all Latino creative team. Uh, the artist Eduardo Miranda Rodriguez de la Borinquena. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the cover artist by Jimmy Muniz y Jose Mar Marzan Jr. and Juan Fernandez. Uh, so that
1: was pretty cool. Yeah, I forgot I saw that about um, the Borinquena uh creator that uh, I saw him in here. So yes, very cool. Well I can't wait to read it.
2: I'm a I'm a fan of John Leguizamo. I really loved his special, his uh stand up comedy. I, I think there was a special on Netflix. Um oh. I really highly recommend it. I can't remember, but it was uh it was based a lot on our history mm-hmm. as a people. Yes, and I thought yes, that yes, was yes. amazing. It was
1: something like for the white people or something like that. <laughs> Like Latinx history for the white people. I don't know if I'm remembering it wrong, but it was something along those lines. Uh, You know what? I can't remember. It was a Netflix special.
2: Um, It was (laughs) Latin history for morons. (laughs) You were way off. You were way off. off. I I mean... (laughs) Way off, Kristen. Way off. (laughs)
1: I should have pulled that
2: information up before. <laughs>
1: I think I'm mixing it up with another movie or TV show because there was something. yeah, there, there was, was there, there was something, something familiar. yeah, I mean, that was close to that. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. you're absolutely
2: right. I, I um I do remember something like that. I can't uh, recall who the um the comedian was, but I do remember yeah. that. I think it was called Dear White People. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Totally, I know Dear White People. Yeah. It was a
0: movie, but
2: it's also a TV show. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh Yeah. All right, guys. What time is it, Kristen? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Es la
0: hora de la cervecita.
1: And today we have something that everybody has been just like clamoring about over whatever trying this beer is a what is it like a oh my gosh look at that
0: oh my gosh i'm so excited i've been waiting to drink. how does it smell
1: look at the color of that beer isn't it cool? Yeah. So wow. anyway, your hand is covering, what what is it called? Grape peanut butter and jelly. Yes. Yes. So, ever since it came, made its way into my refrigerator, I have been eyeing it because I was like, "What is this concoction?" It's uh, Energy City Brewing Bisto Grande Grape PB and J. It is a flavored Berliner style Weiss. Beer and it says um, for full flavor, gently roll the can before serving, which um, Sarah did. And it says fruit is added after fermentation, so that is uh, important information apparently for us to know.
0: It is it smells like a PB and J. It is
1: an eight mm-hmm. percent alcohol, and it says that it is um, made with Concord grapes peanut butter, and actual, not actual, other natural flavors. So I am so interested to try it. Although I know that Berliner Weisses are sour. Um, it says their bistro beers have sourness served fresh from the kettle for a bright and lively taste. So my my mouth is already watering Oh, my God. In- Did- you know, I suggest that we only
2: drink one can. Yes. Um, for both of us yes, because we're yes. in the studio uh-huh. and to uh, leave the other can for Eddie. Yeah. I'm regretting this now. <laughs> you want it all to yourself? Dude, it's so good. Okay. I forgot how delicious this is. My husband tried it. Ugh. <laughs>
1: Okay, I haven't tried it yet, but I smelled it. And you're right, Jen. It smells 100% like peanut butter. And thinking about my beard tasting like peanut butter does not. Me too. I mean, honestly, make when me I. me want to try it. I got
0: this try one it. At,
1: at 310. <laughs> yeah, you have to try, try it. Try it. I
0: want your thoughts
1: on this. Oh my God. It does taste just like peanut butter and jelly. Yes. It yes. Oh like my and jelly. God. Yes. It tastes like better it, than it like smells. If
0: Someone took like the, like, you know, the the, the Smuckers? Yes, yes. The Mm -hmm. the Smuckers peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that you used to get in school or like from like the freezer section of the grocery store. Yes, those. You blended it. You blended it with wine (laughs) (laughs) in a blender Mm -hmm. and then poured it out. This is what this is.
1: Oh my God. Delicious. It's like like witchcraft. It is. It is
2: witchcraft and, and the, you know what it tastes like to me I'm you gonna mean?
0: be real I don't know whether I like it or not but I know I'm gonna continue drinking it <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true it's very very sweet it's not sour at all Mm-mm. um and it it 100% peanut butter 100% jelly and
0: and bread You can and bread. Bread. Yes. Yes. Like,
2: yes. There's, there's bread yes like yes there's bread yes absolutely 100%. yes it's really good i got this at 310 and um i saw it and i was like nah i'm not gonna nah and then i just kind of went because 310 is is still under under construction yeah so the little place i went around like three times like the little area Mm -hmm. and i'm like you know what fuck it (laughs) i'm gonna take it and then um i told the guy i said what do you think and he's like you know what that is actually delicious And I was like, no, really? He goes,
1: no, it's delicious. Take it. Wow. So And the color is like this deep magenta. Yes. It's like beautiful. It
0: could be like, this could be like a berry smoothie or something. Yes. Yes. But with this. That's what it looks like. Like, Because it doesn't even look like grape juice. It's like a very, it looks like a very thick consistency. Like like it was a smoothie it could mm-hmm. be like a berry smoothie like it could be like this could be the razzmatazz from
1: uh, <laughs> this is freaking amazing tins, yeah. L- like my my mouth wants to chew yeah. when i drink it because yeah. it's like food I think that's
0: what's really throwing me <laughs> off is because it tastes like peanut butter and uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich down to the like bread and everything mm-hmm. but i'm not chewing And I feel like I, like, you're right. I feel like I need to be chewing because that's what you're supposed to do with peanut butter and jelly. Wow.
1: It's, it's actually the more I try it, the more I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so I have this weird thing with beer that is made to taste like food. So I think I mentioned a long time ago, I went to Stone and uh, they had a Kevin Eastman beer that was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle beer that tasted like pizza, It was supposed to taste like pizza. And that was the most horrible thing I had ever tried in my life. <laughs> wow. And that really made me uh, be like, okay, I want my beer to taste like beer. Mm-hmm. But this is just like, I don't even know, like, how like how to describe it other than pure peanut butter and jelly? It's you can taste the beer, you can taste that it's it's supposed to be a beer that it's fizzy and sour and a Berliner Weiss underlay, but a hundred percent peanut butter and jelly. Uh, and I just don't, I have no words for it to be honest. Isn't it so it's amazing? Quite, it's a very unique experience.
0: And I'm not
1: hating it. Oh, my gosh. And I'm watching Sarah. I'm also,
0: it's throwing me off so much the fact that, like, it tastes exactly like a peanut butter. And yeah. And I'm not And
1: it. I'm watching and Sarah pour it into the glass, and the color is just so vibrant. It is.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's
1: beautiful.
2: It's so sexy. <laughs> and you know what? You never thought I think hear...
0: I understand now when you say that. Because it's a very, it's almost a luxuriant. Pour.
2: Yes.
0: I want to say yeah. Oh, it, like, it's it looks, beautiful. I'm telling you, like if it was just to say, uh, like just a touch darker, I would mistake this for like a Cabernet Sauvignon.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. Although it's a little cloudy, but man, this is uh, something else. Mm.
1: And there's a lot of sediment at the bottom that I actually did just chew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have sediment. I did the like rolling the can thing when I poured it. Yeah, I, I didn't pour all of it. I think so it's I just the peanut butter. The rest of it, because when you pouring the rest of it, yeah.
1: When you pour right now, Sarah, you're gonna get some probably. And I chewed it, and it tasted like peanut butter. <gasps>
0: oh my gosh! Uh, is it peanut butter?
1: I think it is.
0: Mm. Like little
1: chunks of peanut butter. Nice. You all see,
0: right. Like the the entirety of this. Like I feel like I should be grossed out, but I, I know. <laughs> I feel like like, that should be the proper response is that I'm grossed out, but I'm not grossed out. Yeah, I was
1: grossed out when I smelled it, but then I tasted it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely sweet. Definitely, like 100% a sandwich. Eddie said he was going to drink it. Uh, like around the same time that we we're recording, so mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what he thinks. Well, just to <laughs> let you guys
2: know, my husband does not is not really big on craft beers that much because they get him really drunk really, mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. So he tries not to drink too much craft beer unless we're like out and about yeah. you know, tasting. But this one, he had me buy him a four pack. Oh, that's how much he liked this. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. So, he's
0: is
2: like- this? You know
0: what? I've noticed that about like, um, uh, like. You know, like people who are like who immigrated to the country here. I don't think they're used to the amount of like sugar and stuff like that, and so they immediately develop a sweet tooth.
2: Mm, You're right. So anything
0: that's like like sweet like this, I could I could easily imagine like maybe my uncle my not my uncle my dad wouldn't like it because it would be too sweet for him. Mm, But mm -hmm. I could I this would be something my mom would like. And that's very really hard because my mom hates alcohol. <laughs> but I I can see her liking this and I can see some of my uncles like who were here liking this as well.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so Sarah, you've already been back to uh the beer place three, <laughs> to buy it. Mm-hmm. three yeah, 310 in Torrance. Um, do you have any information of whether or not this is a specialty beer? Is it is it uh, something that only comes out certain times of the year? Is it always, uh, on rotation from this brewery? Do you have any idea? You know what? I don't. And it's actually the first time I see
2: it. Okay. I have never seen it before. I would remember if I had, yeah. because, you know, if you tell me pb and I'm going to check it out, you know, because I, I do love my PB&J. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, I've never seen anything from Energy City before, yeah. which is a brewery. I don't so. know, even
1: know where that is. Does it yeah. say on the
2: can? Um, I don't have my glasses, but uh, it has a little windmill on it. So I'm thinking, is it Palm Springs?
1: Oh, it does look like a Palm Springs windmill. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to look right now. What is it? Energy City? Yes, Energy City. Oh, no, duh.
0: Wait, it says brewed and package for Energy City Brewing at Church Street Brewing Company,
1: Itasca, Illinois. Yeah,
2: it's in Illinois. Mm, wow, interesting. Wow. Yeah, so I haven't seen anything from Energy City before, so um Wow, well, we're going to go there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: yeah, I used to go to
1: Illinois. Uh um well, we can go to Chicago and have yummy pizza mm, while we're there. Yay! Yes. That oh, would be great. Okay, the first thing on... Okay, so you can go to energycitybrewing.com, and on their menu, the first thing that comes up is home order beer. What? You can order beer, Oh, wow. uh, but you can only order it for pickup. So curbside pickup, it looks like. Mm, got so it. So I was excited that they were going uh, to ship it to me. But out of state, yeah, I can see how that probably is not a that they do but I was just trying to get more uh, information on their beers and they all look a hundred percent thick and juicy like this and listen to some of the other flavors Bistro Mango Blood Orange Mm, Concord Crush Sangria Bistro Key Lime Pie Bistro Strawberry and Lime Oh, bistro pumpkin parfait, bistro pink guava banana, orange ripple sorbet IPA. Mm. Oh, and this IPA, oh my god, looks literally like a glass of orange juice. Oh it's so gosh. thick. Wow. Um, Batisserie s'more imperial uh, stout, Ooh. Uh, Aloha sunrise sorbet IPA, Pina sunset sorbet IPA. Oh my gosh. I want to try them all. I know. I'm just like, "Hey, ship them all." You know yeah. what? I'm going to go
2: I'm going to go this week to 310 and say, "What else do you have for Manager City because yeah. I need to get it in my belly." <laughs> but no, this is delicious. So, what is our rating scale? So,
1: just as a reminder for our beers, we rate on a 5-point scale where 1 is flaccid, 2 is initial, 3 is partial, 4 is fr- Well, four is full and five is rigid. And if it's a beer that is off the charts, it does not even fit on the scale. It is a Super Saiyan. So, Sarah, I'm going to let you start with your rating. What do you rate this? Uh,
2: For me, it's definitely a Super Saiyan. I love the color. I love the taste. I love the nostalgia behind it because it reminds me of that. uh, Do you guys remember that one jar that has um the, goober
1: yeah exactly.
2: it has both the peanut butter and jelly and you just... my mom
1: got mad at me because i begged her for it and then i got it and i never ate it because i didn't like it
2: really <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> no um i got the grape one and it yeah. tasted really good mm-hmm. i didn't get the strawberry one that was i think a little bit more expensive back then but yeah you just put your you, you know your spoon in there and you just like just go to town yeah so that's what it reminds me of um, I may be remembering the taste a little bit off, but it, this is delicious. It's a super same for me.
1: Okay, this is Kristen, and I smelled it, and it grossed me out. And then I tasted it, and I was like, I'm not really sure. But then I've been sipping on it and drinking it as we're talking, and the flavor has really, profile has just really like expanded in my mouth and on my palate, and now it is just the best Thing uh, that I have had today, and today I had barbecue ribs, so (laughs) I also am going to give it a Super Saiyan because it is, and just also for its uniqueness, Mm -hmm. honestly. Like, it's just I've never had anything like this before, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: I think on uniqueness, like, yeah, I definitely agree with the both of you, and like, um, I think. I am also going to go with a Super Saiyan, Ooh. and I, am, I, I feel you when you said that this is the best thing you've drank, because I was, earlier today, I was at a wine tank, <laughs> and I had some very delicious wine mm-hmm. that was very, very tasty that I bought a bottle of, and I'm drinking this right now, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is, I think, in the uniqueness in and of itself. I'm still a little on the fence. But I think you should, like, I think everybody should try this because it's such a unique experience. And yeah. I think it's something that either you like it or you don't. Yeah, um, I can see that. <laughs> but I feel like you should try it just because.
1: Sarah, so you've and, been there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jen.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I know, like, I like, this is definitely a sipping beer.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Not chug it. <laughs> you, I, <don't> think, <laughs> I think if I chugged this, I would not be able to, like.
1: Yeah. Like, that
0: really savor it, but to yeah. like, wow, I'm full now, so good night.
1: Yeah, it's too sweet to chug, I yes, think. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> but, sir, so, you've it's been three times. I'm almost,
0: like, I'm almost taking like, a wine approach to this. Yeah. Like, well, I'm just, like, letting it, like, sit down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But it's, like, uh, I think it, it took me by surprise. Like, it smelled like a peanut butter. It tasted like a peanut butter jelly, but I still was not expecting it to actually be those things.
1: Right. So, like, <laughs>
0: It's like, I think, yeah, I think this does deserve the Super Saiyan. And if anything, just for the uniqueness and the uniqueness of taste. As well.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sarah, what is the cost of this? Um, I think a four pack is 24 bucks.
2: Okay. That's yeah. pretty normal. So it's pretty uh, a yeah. standard, um, standard rate. It's so
0: like about $6 a can. Yeah. Yeah. Or one pint.
2: Yeah, boxes. yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's... As far as I knew, they still had some leftover. I had them make me a four-pack when I was there the last time I went. But it's uh yeah, it's 310 and Torrance. Check them out or just maybe um, ask your local craft beer um, place. Aficionado. aficionado. And see if they carry this or if they can get a hold of this. But it's very delicious. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has uh, been a super sane all around. <laughs> all right guys now it's time for our book review what are we reviewing today
0: so today uh we are reviewing a book that i kickstarted, the saddest angriest black girl in town by robin smith so i had begged this a while ago i'm pretty sure i had like put it on uh, in a libreria too this is mm. just what in a libreria is it's like my to read list
1: <laughs>
0: that's what it is because that's what it has turned into But um, Robin Smith is a Jamaican cartoonist known for her mini-comic of The Satisfied Angers Black Girl and illustrating DC Comics' Nubia Real One, which was written by L. L. McKinney and Black Josie Press's Wash Day. She has an MFA from the Center for Cartoon Studies and has also worked on comics for College Humor, Nike, and The Nip. Uh, And this is all from her like autobiography that you can see at, robrosmo.com, where you can also get her stuff. So, Sarah's Angriest Black Girl in Town is an autobiographical comic that's dedicated to exploring the intersection of blackness and mental health created by uh, Robin Smith. Uh, It was originally self-published in 2016 and was named one of the best short-form comics of 2016 by the Comics Journal. And then Black Jersey Press reprinted uh, the 32-page comic and with a new like watercolor cover which is the one that you can see uh and in it robin smith recounts her experience being one of the only black people in rural vermont town and how that affected her mental health uh and she drew all of this herself she like wrote it everything and um she's gotten quite a bit of press and reviews for it from geek girl pens pal club black nerd problems soul Rad, cbr broken frontier and another one from soul red so it's um uh, it's i backed this um like a, oh, a while back i don't want to say like a year ago it might have been like maybe two years ago
1: oh wow
2: oh,
0: wow now yeah, because, I mean, it was originally published in 2016, mm-hmm. and it was picked up by Black Josie Press, and that's actually where you can buy the comic itself as well, is at blackjosiepress.com, or on her own, like, website as well, she can, like, redirect you to where you can buy her comics. Um, uh, And it wasn't that inexpensive, it was about $10. But it is definitely a very raw retelling of her life. hmm
2: mm-hmm. I, um, this is Sarah, and I want to say that in the first three pages, I got really sad myself. Um, I felt everything she was feeling, um, and it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go down this black hole right now. Um, so it was just, um, I think it put me in a space where you kind of mirror or, um, or kind of feel how she was feeling while reading it. And I think that's what a good book does when it's good storytelling and it's really true and raw. And I think I felt most of what she was feeling and, and it took me down a dark place and I could totally understand what she was coming from and how she was describing it to us. And it was just, uh, just really raw. Um, So <laughs> it's a great book. I I have to say, I, um I mean, the, even the art, even, just the part where she has kind of her head tilted and she's crying and her tears are falling over herself again. That was really, really, really vivid. And just just even in her art, you could see um, how, I mean, almost like when she would get these reactions from people, these answers from people, these conversations she had with people, you could almost see her flinch in her drawings. It was really, mm-hmm. just really, really amazingly told
1: uh it
0: is and it's it's um uh it's a very raw retelling about how so there's this like a very common stereotype of like the like angry black woman and how like the that's how they all are when that's not true like i know a lot of i i know a lot of women who are soft and they and they want they like it's not a weakness and stuff like that but this story is very much a telling of how she like she specifically says in the comic that she doesn't want to be that stereotype mm-hmm. but how she is angry she's angry at how she's mm-hmm. treated she's angry about how people point out like her identity and her hair and everything and how she ha- she has to be angry but she can't really show it because then she's following into, into the stereotype mm-hmm. and it's like it's a very like it's very like much her like coming to terms and coming to own like her anger as well and like it's a very justified anger
2: Yeah, one of the things I really loved was um, even just with her existing, I think, um, was making everybody uncomfortable. And it was, in turn, making her uh, angry and awkward because now just her existing is affecting other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I like was this, how that she says, how uncomfortable my blackness is making you. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I read was... Uh, I just don't have the energy i I need to muster the energy to comfort you like not only is she creating the discomfort, but then she is also felt feels responsible and tasked with the fact that is making her really exhausted to try to comfort the awkwardness mm-hmm. the elephant in the room so I mean there's a lot of different facets and different levels of feeling in this book which was amazing like some things I didn't even know that I felt before that I was reading and I'm like my god that's actually how I felt like it's in certain aspects I'm, I'm not saying I'm you know feeling exactly how she is but uh, some of the things she wrote about I could identify with at some point in my life
1: I think it's um really cool that the original book was on Kickstarter with a $3,200 goal, and it garnered 495 backers and raised $11,872. That's really amazing. And um, I think it was interesting the way that the book was actually separated into chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one being sad, then angry, and then the last one just simply being black. And I really uh appreciated the the those uh chapters in the way that she just was so like Sarah and Jen are saying so raw with her emotions. I can only imagine what it would be like to be the quote unquote other mm-hmm. and almost the only other in such a white community. Um, and of course she's trying to tell us like, it was freaking hard and it affected me. And I can only imagine that. And like Jen was saying, yeah, that's a stereotype, but at the same time, it's a hundred percent justified. Like black men and women are justified in their anger by the way that they are treated, uh, to this very day. Racism is, um, systemic and institutionalized and it affects uh everybody so i i definitely um was also very very deeply touched by um the stories that she was telling Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i mean and um i think really early on in the book that maybe the first page she was like really finding power and being like the only black woman and she was living her truth and she was like felt empowered but but as time went on she just was getting weighed down and Mm -hmm. you know it was just like you could see the how it took its toll on her Mm -hmm. and and it was just really just we keep saying raw but it is very very raw like an oop like an open wound actually it was um very heartfelt and i really really enjoyed reading it um and like i said i went to a dark place and i like wait went down with her and do that rabbit hole and i um I just I really loved the story the storytelling technique. the The writing is amazing, and the art is amazing.
1: Yes, I was gonna say we hadn't really touched upon the art, but not only did she write it, but she also drew it, and the art had this very um like ethereal flowiness mm-hmm. to it. Um, and I it, even though only the front watercolor page was in color and Mm -hmm. the rest was all in uh black and white it did such a great job of um conveying emotion and the the things the actual incidents that were happening and how those things made her feel really came across the page
2: yeah i especially love this scene where she's holding her coffee Mm -hmm. and then she's having like an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. and then the image of the coffee and the droplets on her arm on her hand and then her saying i'm spilling over like it was just like whoa this is i mean it it's it's not complicated it's it's really simple drawing but it conveys so much within the drawings themselves Mm -hmm. so are we ready to rate it yeah um, you were gonna share with us, uh share the
1: audience our rating scale, Kristen? Oh yes, so if you do not know to new listeners, uh our rating scale is Conchas. So we have a three concha rating scale. And if you're saying, comadres, why are you using just three conchas when you could be using five or even 10? Well, way back in the day, uh, we were having a conversation of what our rating scale would be. And Jen happened to mention that three conchas was the max that her mom ever let her eat. So to her, that was the best so <laughs> yep. we rate our book on a three quanta scale but there are allowances if it's something that's off the scale then we can add little things like um uh champurado or cafe de olla and then if a book is really really super amazing we give it the whole panaderia so that is a recap of our rating scale Yes, and
2: this is Sarah, and I give this book, The Whole Panaderia. It was very, uh, very raw, very true, um, very emotional. It was really great. The artwork was amazing. Um, It was just fantastic.
1: Definitely. This is Kristen. I also give it The Whole Panaderia. Um, It was very, um, I want to say, uh, touching uh but also that's not really like whatever and I'm, I'm trying to give it like I don't want to say raw because that's not what I want to say but like it it just really brought forth like how you were saying Sarah it took you down with it um I I I And anybody who read this book, I think, would feel the emotion um, just from the art and from the words. And to me, that is an amazing um, feat and actually the job of, uh, I want to say, of a comic. So definitely the whole panadería.
0: Uh, this is Jen, and I am going to agree with Michael Matres. Uh, the whole panadería, the capucho borrado, everything. It was a very good, very, um, um, very emotional and deep book as well. Like, if you, I do highly recommend it, but I definitely do think that there should be some content warnings uh, mm-hmm. for it as well. And I think the title itself, The Saddest, Angriest Black Girl in Town, is like, it's very accurate. It's very apt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is what it, it says it is. So I'm um, the uh, whole panaderia and thank you to Robin Smith for making such an amazing comic.
2: Absolutely. All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreia Jen. What do you have for us today?
0: So today what I have for you is pil Cuyo. So Pilcuyo is actually, I did a Kickstarter for the second part of this book, which was Puño, uh, but it is the Peruvian cyberpunk comic uh, that came out a while back. And this is part three for it. Mm. And it's it's really cool, really, like, I do highly recommend it. It's full of life. And it actually has the Projects We Love, like, sticker on it, then, like, uh, because Kickstarter was, like, all about it. So it has already met its goal of $4,000. It is currently at $11,136 with 434 backers. And as of today, five days to go. So, uh, Pilcuyo is volume three and the base pledge starts like, of course you can contribute without like expecting a reward. If you just want to like help and back it, you can do that. But the base pledge starts at, um, um, four, I believe that's four pounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, four pounds. Um, uh, Because the creator is actually based in the UK, Mm, which is about $6, and you get a digital copy of Pilcuyo um, uh, in English and in Spanish. Oh, nice. You get the physical copy of Pilcuyo as well as the digital one. And at 10 pounds, you get the three pack digital, which means you get the entire series um, uh, that has been printed: Manu, Puno, and Pilcuyo. And then at 20 pounds, which is about $27, you get the physical copies of those three books as well as the digital downloads. And then it keeps increasing from there. But just to give another brief like uh, reminder of what Pilcuyo is about instead of just being cyberpunk, it is a world where robotics and biotechnology are accessible to many and where corrupt governments and crime organizations are clashing constantly in disputes over power. Pilcoyo is a 52-page full-color comic, A5 size, and it is the longest book to date of the series. Uh, You can see a preview of the pages on the Kickstarter website as well. And honestly, it's such a vibrant book. Um, uh, Pilcoyo itself follows Lila, uh, who is the main character, and she is trapped in a tight spot that is, like, beyond her powers. and meanwhile in the peruvian highlands a big army marches to capture a precious fugitive asset and things get explosive that's like the brief synopsis that we get of pilcuyo itself uh it doesn't give too much away so like you don't have to worry about spoilers um but it is a beautiful amazing book and uh it's spelled p-i-l-c-u-y-o uh on kickstarter so Try to back it if you can, especially if you are a fan of cyberpunk, sci-fi, or any of that stuff.
2: That sounds cool. That's pretty cool. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what is on your Juntos y Fuertes
1: today? So, just as a reminder, Juntos y Fuertes is our segment where we highlight projects uh, by members of marginalized groups that we think are worthy of your attention. And today, I'm sharing with you a exhibit that is going to be coming to Los Angeles at LA Live in January 2022. So you have some time to plan um, and come visit or if you are local, buy your tickets. It is a Tupac Shakur exhibit, Wake Me When I'm Free. And it's a fully immersive, thought-provoking experience that explores the life and legacy of the acclaimed artist and activist. It's created, interestingly enough, in collaboration with the Shakur Estate. So I'm assuming that his uh, relatives, his family are somehow involved. Don't take my word for it, but I'm hoping that that is the case. Um, And this exhibit leverages technology, contemporary art, and never-before-seen artifacts from Tupac's personal archives. And it is going to delve into the greater meaning of his activism, music, and revolutionary art. And the exhibit's going to educate and enlighten attendees through a labyrinth of emotions as they take this journey through his extraordinary life. And if you don't, if you're not a Shakur uh, fan, if you haven't listened to his music, I mean, he was a poet. He was so, uh, so, so uh, talented. And he definitely, if you just think, oh, he's just a a rapper, whatever, he definitely was very much an activist. And if you even just take time to read his um, lyrics, just the The struggle as being a black man, um, being raised by, um, you know, a single single mother mother Mm -hmm. and just all of uh, the hardships that he experienced is just very, very... um, compelling and uh, thought provoking. And so I'm very interested to attend this exhibit and to learn more about that. And honestly, he was very active in trying to, I mean, the, the title of this is Wake Me When I'm Free. So obviously, he was very aware of the fact that people of color uh, in a way, shape or form are not free and that they have a lot of barriers. And so I'm really interested to see more of that highlighted in this exhibit as well. So um, you can find out more information and buy tickets at WakeMeWhenI'mFree.com. Yeah,
2: Tupac is really, was really, I was going to say is, but it was really <laughs> amazing um he was also an actor. He mm-hmm. did uh, several movies. He acted in several movies. He attended Juilliard. He's very gifted. Um his mother was a single mother that also struggled with drug addiction. And um yeah, he's he was just amazing in that. I was just thinking about him actually. I was thinking about his song Dear Mama. Yeah. Oh my god, that song always brings me to tears. Mm-hmm. He's it's just so amazing, such an amazing gifted individual. Um, and I hope that they'll have um, the uh, hologram version of Tupac at this exhibit. From Coachella? From Coachella, <laughs> yes. Um, that would be freaking awesome. But yeah, no, I, I'd really love to check that out. I mean, there's a, there's some lyrics. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Tupac fans out there. But one of the ones that always uh, sticks out in my mind is, we have money for wars, but we can't feed the homeless. Mm-hmm. Dang, like seriously. Freaking amazing, uh, but yeah, check that out. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos, and saludos goes out today to Mex American, and that is a convention in Austin, Texas, 2021, and it's actually happening right now. It is a free event for everyone. It's taking places outdoors at the um Mexican American Cultural Center slash Socalo. And in like I said, it's a free for everyone. So you guys can check it out. I know this will happen after the event is already passed, but it's it's quite an amazing event and you should follow them on social media. They're on Facebook, they're on uh Instagram to check out their next event if you were not able to attend today and i'm sure they'll have some videos up mm-hmm. if you want to check those out but saludos goes out to mexamerican Mex Mexamer, American. i always have trouble with these <laughs> names uh-uh. mexamerican but i think of it too much and then i just spoil it in my head Mex uh 2021 saludos out to you and for your hard work and creating this amazing event that is full of people that have donated their time there's a lot of um of people that have donated their time, like I said, a lot of people that actually attended, the um, uh, were tabling there, uh, a lot of volunteers, a lot of comic book artists and uh, creators. So, uh, saludos goes out to them for showcasing these um, America, uh these amazing artists. Again, it's in Austin, Texas, and it's a free event for everyone. All right, guys. It's time for this. Is the end
1: of our episode. <laughs> it's not time for anything. It's the end of our episode. Uh, where can I find this, girls? So you can find us at comadresecomics.com. That is um, our website where you can find all the links to our social media uh, and where you can uh, contact us. You can always send us an email at comadresycomics at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. And Sarah is taking us on the TikTok. So you can check us out there as well. The TikTok I feel so old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen.
0: And I'm Jen. Bye,
2: guys. Bye.